When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The home of Sport SEN stands for Sports Entertainment Network, the middle word entertainment. Now, also educational. It could be the Sports Educational (laughs) Network because what we've just been talking about in the news in in light of playing that Harry Styles song is incredibly enlightening to me. I had no idea. And we've got listeners texting in, do you know what watermelon sugar actually means? And... Well, yeah, watermelon's a fruit and sugar's something I put in my tea. Wow, how wrong I was. (laughs) So if I went off now to say that I've got, I'm going off to have some water, eat some watermelon, I mean, I've got a compliance meeting tomorrow on SEN, right? So we do compliance. To be on air, Uh, folks, we have to, it's, it's mandatory that every year, we sit through the compliance course and we hear about what you can say, what you can't say, yeah. you know, changing times, yeah. defamation, all those sorts of things. I've now got a big question to ask. Can I talk about watermelon? <laughs> eating watermelon on air? Because I'm confused. I'm very confused. Oh, boy. The number of texts we are getting about that Harry Styles song because it's weird. <laughs> the, the weird lyrics. But if... What you're saying is true, and you know what I'm saying, James. You can't. I'm oh, not no. going to let you off the leash on this one. No, I'm not letting you, no. you intercom, <laughs> you know, weirdo jumping out of a fire escape anywhere near this topic. <laughs> and I know I'm dancing around the issue, but bloody hell, we've made a mess of things. If you can't say, oh, because watermelon to me is one of my favourite fruits. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> I'm just saying. And now, and now, you. Weirdos are, are going to take me the wrong way on it. Just think this, it's so hard to keep up with things. Do your so own research, hard. people. Do your own research. Well, can we run through it again? We've, we've done this on air about expressions. So something's cap. So you call cap. Cap means you're calling it lies. It's yeah, lies. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's right. Yeah, so cap. So all those, and, and what's a few other expressions that, you know, as I said, if we're of a different generation, we just. Maybe that can be Charlie's segment today. Forget about things that make you go, hmm, bring mm-hmm. us some 2023 euphemisms. Okay, Charlie, you've got to come up with five to ten yes. terms. You know, sick and all those sorts of things that have different meanings these days. Thank you, Charlie, to educate us. Because sports, the SEN, the E is going to stand for educational today. Yeah. Because like the it. last five minutes of my life, oh boy. Well, wow. he's got that watermelon um, sugar high. That's, well, I don't have sugar on the watermelon, but I do love watermelon. I love it. I love it, and I always have. You're not going to tell me, is there, any, is there any drama with eating mangoes? Is there any, is eating mango something wrong with that? Because I love a mango. I love the mango, and it's all over your face. It's beautiful. Best mangoes, fresh mango. Thanks for your help, James. Thanks for your support. And again, you be quite young, man, because you're... <laughs> I just don't trust you. Uh, that whole fire escape story is oh, giving man. me creeps. Um, this one. Damo says, ha-ha, Vossie, you funny bastard. This <laughs> is all on the back of Harry Styles. Oh. Uh, the Greenkeeping Rooster says, Vossie and Missile, the world has gone mad. It has. I think we can it has, Rooster. If Harry Styles, you've got a lot to answer for. 
Um, back on the concussion issue. <laughs> Can you read the text from HP Robbo, please, James? All right. Let uh, me compose myself. All right. Morning, boys. The concussion concussion issue is big in the game. One thing I notice uh, on the weekend is the case of a head clash. How can only one player be required to a HIA? Both heads clashed. Tough one for the game is it would change the game with one court case. Take 5% of salary cap that the NRL chip in to create a fund for long-term assistance. At the current amount, it's $20 million plus per year. That'll increase right. so quickly over the amount of time that can assist. It's Robert. certainly a big discussion point. Isn't it? I'm glad we got back here on the straight because all we got is got 75 texts on watermelon sugar there. But um, <laughs> the, the concussion issue, it, it's, it's one where none of us are experts, unless you're medically qualified. How, how do we sit here and talk about it with... With full knowledge, with every look at James, he's he's lost, he's off the off the planet. Lieutenant Dan, can you co-host? Lieutenant Dan, can you save us? Some no, of these, not really. Some of these no, text messages, nothing. Some of these text messages from the Wild Panther and the Black Stump yeah, Hill. Holy just, smokes! It's just ridiculous. Rhino Mike um, now chiming in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, this is crazy. Anyway, I'm just saying the concussion issue. I think we will try and educate again tomorrow. We'll bring the E is educational. Um, we'll get medical expert on the line. We have a go-to, and uh, we'll try and talk our way through it, get a get an opinion on air tomorrow. But Jared Waitley, he, he can probably talk a little bit about it from the AFL perspective. Uh, concussion. Jared is getting ready for his program down in Melbourne. We love chatting with Jared on a Wednesday on between uh, 9 and 12. Jared, welcome again. Happy Wednesday. Vossi, James, you've, yeah, my last five minutes have been listening to you Googling, and I've totally lost my way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I was thinking we we're talking about fruit salad. Um, Jared, concussion in the AFL. Uh, d- d- what is the process there? We're talking about um, the independent doctor and the role they played in the first game and being influ- very influential on games. Players being ordered from the field who then pass tests, but they have to sit off the field for 15 minutes. That has a, a big impact, obviously. Um, what is the uh, concussion stance in the AFL and have there been any tweaks in recent times? Yeah, relatively similar, Vossi, to how it operates during the game. And then there's a a 12-day mandatory period of exclusion once you are diagnosed with concussion. And it's not... Uh, it's a minimum 12 days, which is something that the AFL uh, talks about to great extent. So, yes, is there's um, the, the club doctors have a level of responsibility. There is a concussion spotter in our in our uh, ARC who watches various vision and can send messages to the doctors at the ground saying you need to conduct an an HIA on this player because of this incident. Um, It has become much more prescriptive, but I feel like we're probably still only in the feeling out stages of it. Every contact sport in the world is facing the, the chain, the, the same challenge of how to make its game as safe as possible within the, parameters of a contact sport there will always be heavy collisions there will be concussions so there is an aspect of what is preventative but then I think there is a a much greater focus on the management thereafter Um, the AFL is about to see its first class action yeah um, which was flagged last week and I spoke to the the lawyer who's preparing that for the Victorian Supreme Court and I asked her are we talking tens of millions of dollars and she indicated we were talking billions of dollars. We were talking $1.5 billion as a starting point. So th- there will be 
there will be court cases in the short term, I, I think, for all of our contact sports, and they will play a role in what happens next. And then all the steps that have been taken in real time will be tested, I think. What, what did, as information became available around concussion 10 years ago, eight years ago, six years ago, four years ago, two years ago, what were the real-time decisions that were made by administrators? And does that offer a level of... Um, a level of security, a level of care to the employees suitable to avoid massive payouts. How many players are in on this class action if they're talking billions? Well, it seemed like 30 was the Oof. number. So mm. that it's to, that's to be played out. And that, that was sort of the first one to tip its hand. But we know there's been probably more detailed stuff happening in the, in the background as well. So there'll be a level of through the generations, what are what are our football codes culpable for? What could they have known? Yeah. What did they do? And then there'll be what happens next. Yeah, and, and there's, I, I know in that class action, we've been talking some female players as well. And, yes. And you'd say, well, that's only in more recent times. Can I play you a grab, Jared? We played it this morning of one of our leading players, Luke Keary, a three-time grand final winner who's had some concussion issues. He talks about... Um, his belief in, and support for what the NRL is doing up here with an independent doctor. This is Luke Keary. There's obviously a designated doctor sitting there just watching that. So like, as a player, as much as it's frustrating sometimes if they might have got it wrong, I think as a player, they'll we appreciate it. Even if we don't all say it, we, we would appreciate it that someone's actually sitting there looking out for us. It's obviously hard sometimes our docs are in the dressing rooms with people doing the concussion protocols to get back on. They're looking at other stuff. There's a lot of things going on at the actual ground, so it's good. See, Luke Carey sort of saying, um, in in some ways, they're paraphrasing, uh, the doctor's there to save us from ourselves. Yes. Would that be the majority opinion of AFL players, where, where where the game's headed? I think that's that is definitely part of it. So in the way that concussion is now diagnosed, it's... It's an absolute. You you either have concussion or you don't. But what is unknown is the effects of subconcussive knocks. And if you've sort of done any reading or watching around this, that that's where it gets really complicated as to how that represents the future. So there is a, uh, and this is true for participants and observers alike, is there's a certain, uh, there's a quality to combat sports that we that we love and that the players sign up for and where does that line blur for you know so if you play the nfl you know that there's not only a risk of cte but there's a likelihood of cte so the the wages are now thought to so you you sign up for this risk and you are rewarded financially as such but this is what it could look like further down the track. So as as human beings, what are we prepared to expose our sports people to? And that's why mm. everything that can be done needs to be done, but implicit in contact sport is the contact, is the combative nature. Well, how can boxing exist? It? How could boxing yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for a really basic point of view, but we had yeah. a we had a, a, a listener earlier this morning, sort of heart pie joke. What if you had an independent doctor in boxing and, you know, they had a 15-minute check every time they got hit in the head? Well, how, how would boxing survive the pub test of of uh, of, of head contact? Yes, well, it, it wouldn't. But 
this is why I guess the the prize purse around these fights is measured in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So yeah. the combatants sign up for it with the risks that are there. There's, yeah. So um, boxing has to have the layers in place to be able to answer in court one day if one of the participants ever sued. But that was eyes wide open going in. So I, mm. the legal minds in this uh, will be busy for the next two generations, I would think, because a lot of the concussion we are learning about now and the cost is from players from the 60s, the 70s and the 80s, mm. where it was was brutal and unrecognised. I think the the real legal challenge going forward is once we once Sporting Codes knew what they knew was enough done in real time. If you signed a waiver when you signed your contract with a club that yeah. said, I acknowledge that this could have ongoing effects on my mental health or, you know, I guess mental welfare, would that negate a potential class action in the future? So I'm told no. We had this exact ah. conversation last week with Nathan Buckley, who's a, a Hall of Famer from Aussie Rules, and uh, spoke to one of the lawyers associated with all of this. And they say that workplace waivers aren't as all-encompassing as they might look to yeah. be. Mm. Um, so the notion of that could make sense. Then you would have to, you know, you would have to test the morals and the ethics of doing that. But even the the legal side of it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't immunise a, a sporting code completely. Fascinating chat, isn't it? Uh, you know, just where where we're headed. Um, what we know. Can I can I make this admission? You can put the cuffs on me if you like. But I would have said when I was younger, Jared, watching. You know, when you're talking about players in the '80s, you would refer to a player who came back from you know being knocked silly. You'd say, "Oh, how courageous is he coming yeah. back?" Yeah. You'd be applauding him. You were you weren't concerned about what happened. We we waxed lyrical in the positive about that player, how tough and how courageous they were. And I'm pretty sure it would have been in the AFL too, Jerry. Definitely. And we had sort of really disconcerting moments of serious concussions where players returned yeah. in the same game. And yep. as a period of enlightenment happens is that the attitudes turn against that, is players shouldn't be mm. doing that. There shouldn't be an expectation that that represents the the best of sport. And then you get to the mandatory periods uh, where, so 12 days minimum, you can't, you cannot not only not go back on in this game, but you can't play for 12 days thereafter. And there are medical standards being debated elsewhere as to whether that's sufficient. So, and that's the, we do go through enlightenment in sport, in society. So the the law the the, the um, lawsuits that will relate to what was happening in that day and age can't impose the the standards of today on what was happening then, but it can absolutely measure when the information became available. Um, was it was it adhered to? Was the workplace adjusted to marry up with what the risks were recognised to be? Yeah. International Women's Day, Jared. You've uh, you've put pen to paper to put three names down. Um, your top three Australian female athletes. Now we didn't really give you any guidelines, so we no no are we saying former or are we saying current? What I don't know what we're doing here, but 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 three names that straight away come to mind on International Women's Day that we say bloody hell, they're, they're champions. They're so male I've gone female. They I've are gone... champions. Current. So if you're retired, you weren't eligible for this list. Uh, and that's Ash Barty, obviously. So 
Sam Kerr is undisputably Australia's number one sports person, male or female, and in measures of influence and power and achievement in the newspapers today, she is heralded as number one. I think that is beyond dispute. Her legacy moment is coming later this year with the World Cup on home soil. She's 29. She is Australia's leading goal scorer. She has won the Golden Boot in three different competitions uh, across three different continents. And she has a global profile, which puts her on the front of FIFA's video game. So that's her scope and she is going to be the most significant sports figure in this country as this year unfolds. So she's undisputably one. I think Ariane Titmus is two. I think she's our best current Olympian. Now that's um, Emma McKeon has won our most Olympic medals, but I feel like Ariane Titmus is with Katie Ledecky as the best swimmer in the world. That's the dual male or female. Okay. Australia, America. So I think Ariane Titmus is two. And then it has to be one of Australia's cricketers at three. And I found this so hard. So there are three icons of this generation of Australian cricket. They are Meg Lanning, Elisa Healy and Elise Perry. But currently the best players in the team are Ash Gardner and Beth Mooney. So how do you split that up? I've gone Meg Lanning for her achievements as captain, which are unrivaled. And again, yeah. male or female. So I've I've chosen her as the figurehead of that golden generation of Australian cricketers. So I'm Sam Kerr, Ariane Titmus, and right, Meg please. Lanning in a and, really and, deep field. And back to I'm throwing over to Judge Duty here, uh, James Magnuson, Titmus v McEwen. What did you you sort of look there? I was, I was trying to read no, the body yeah, language yeah. of James. There, are you in agreement? Yeah, agreement. Agreement. Titmus is uh, is the the better swimmer of the two currently. The best swimmer in the world, however, male or female, Caleb Dressel by a country mile. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'm still, I think Katie Ledecky's domination of timesheets and records. So I'll concede to you, Dressel is the most explosive swimmer. I think Ledecky's depth of achievement and domination of those events, uh, I I could make a case anyway. We'll take and last that one, one to the courts. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's on. Get the, get them in the ring. Magnuson v. Wayne. Um, the cricket tomorrow, very briefly, Jared. Uh, again, SEN, great coverage of the test. Let's hope we get more than three days out of it this time. But, but you know, again, we might have a Turner, a Bunsen burner, and off we go again. Um, what will the side be? What's your thoughts as the Australian team now into the fourth test? Well, what will the pitch be? If you thought shuffling decks was for magicians, you didn't know about Indian curators. So they arrived at the game (laughs) at the ground yesterday and there are two pitches that have been prepared and a third, which looks suspiciously like it was going through a level of preparation as well. So I suspect that one has been prepared with a bit of green that would have favoured the the paceman and one is your standard spinning pitch in India. Um, but as as they all left the ground yesterday, observer, media, participant, none knew which pitch they were going to play on. So this takes good. this good. takes Doctor into a whole new level. I think it's mm. we're going to see yeah. the first choose your own adventure in Test cricket. So yeah, I think the team will be unchanged if it's a spinning pitch. If it happens to be the the greener pitch, then um, Boland will come in and one of Murphy or Kuhneman will make way. Might be Murphy. Now, it might be Murphy now, um, given that Kuhneman's had the six for Nathan Lyons coming off the eighth for 
maybe um, they go for the variety. Jared, great chat this morning. Well done, the prep you put into it. And um, thoughts too on the concussion situation in the AFL. Have a great show this morning uh, between 9 and 12 there. Terrific, lads. Thank you. Jared Waitley uh, at uh, 24 after 8. There's a billion texts to get through. Um, we will rip into them straight after this and also in the last half hour of the program. And a reminder, get on Twitter. Give us a follow today. Handle is at VossiBrandySEN. New followers today between now and 9 in a chance to win the Signet Power Boost Bank just by pressing follow at VossiBrandySEN. This podcast, don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.